Good afternoon, everybody. This is Christopher Allen Luce back with another podcast. And this is a history of the jobs that I had. So I have had a lot of jobs in my day. And I will tell you, these jobs have been crazy. You want the honest to God truth? I've had 23 jobs in my life. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. It's insane. How did I get so many jobs? Well, here we go. I started work at home, of course, because I had a family and we were always busy doing projects every Saturday. You know, it was school on the weekdays. Then Saturday was work day. I did a lot of projects. I learned a lot. And then Sunday was church. I learned a lot during that time. I learned to work hard, have a good work ethic, get up early. I get up early to this day, and I'm always ready to grind. You know, we got to grind to shine. If we're not grinding, we're not going to shine. So the first job I ever had was in high school, and it was filing at my parents' business, J. Walton Automotive. I would file papers. Now, these were invoices of what the customers, they were records of the customers getting their cars worked on, and I would file them alphabetically. Well, that was the most boring job in the world, and I got paid by the job, but it was boring. I kid you not. You know, boring jobs are no fun, but you got to start somewhere, right? My dad was always pushing me to get the filing done, and I slacked a lot. I guess you might say I wasn't serious about it because there was no incentive behind it, but it got me started. Then in the summer of 2005, I started landscaping. Tony Cardunio was the guy I worked for, and he's a relative distantly in my family. Put it to you this way. My Uncle Bill's wife, Aunt Monica, she had a sister who was married to this guy. Tony Cardunio was very important to me, and he was a big factor in developing me in hard work. While I worked at home and did a lot with my dad, Tony was the guy that taught me a lot more. Tony worked hard, and he said to me, always said, I'm not here to play around, I'm here to work. And he owned a landscaping business, Tony's Create Escapes. Tony came from a big family of a lot of brothers and sisters, and He was always raised to work hard. His brother Dave owns the Gardunio chain here in Albuquerque. And ironically, Tony's married to who I called Aunt Melody. She was a good lady. She was Aunt Monica's sister. So to make a long story short, I started in June of 2005, June 12th to be exact. And my mom had told me that Tony had an opening in his landscaping crew. And my mom said, call Tony up and ask if you can work for him. Tony hired me immediately. I went on a camping trip in the Jemez, and when I came back, I had a job. So thus begun two and a half years of landscaping. It was a blast. Tony was a very generous man. He bought me lunch. He gave me bonus money. He gave me days off. I worked five days a week, and I had Saturday and Sunday off. You know, it was a good job. All I had to do was shovel gravel. One day, I kid you not, folks, I did seven yards of gravel. That's a ton of gravel. That's, that's piles of it. But I would wheelbarrow it. And after a while, you'd get calluses on your hands. He taught me to use my knees and never my back. During my high school years, I landscaped. I would go to school. And then I would, during the summers, landscape. And Tony 
well, he was a mentor. He was also a funny guy. He had a good sense of humor. Tony also felt that he needed to develop me. And I learned a lot from him about sports. I learned a lot from him about life in general. He, Tony was a hard worker. He hustled harder than any guy I've ever known. And he was a fun man to be around. I learned so much from him. Gravel, sod, plumbing. I even did brick walls, okay? I worked with a guy named Alfonso, and he would teach me how to do brick walls. I worked with his brother, Donald, and Donald would would stucco a wall. It was insane, you know, all the skills I got and all the stuff I learned. My favorite, though, was sod, but nothing beats gravel, you know? Nothing could beat a good gravel job. And then I planted plants and trees and did what was required. We did a lot of residential homes not so much commercial, and then we'd maintain on Fridays, we'd be mowing lawns and cleaning up messes and pulling weeds. Well, mowing lawns was Friday, and then gravel and other jobs was all Monday through Thursday. So I was working hard all the time. I will say this, it developed me for the later future dates. And I will always remember Tony as being one of those guys that really brought me along and gave me what I needed to work hard and have a good work ethic. He never threatened to fire me. He always paid well, and he treated me very, very well. Then in the fall of 2006, 2005, 2006, I started working at the library. I was a book page. Now, for those that don't know, I worked at Tony Hillerman Library. You're not allowed to help people find books. All you do is shelve books. And that is a tricky job. I kid you not. If you cannot shelve books, I don't, I don't blame you and don't feel bad because I struggled mightily. Shel sh uh, shelving books is like the hardest thing you'll ever do because we they were marked with a flag. And then they had to be alphabetized. I couldn't even get past the alphabetical order of the books, let alone how could I do the Dewey Decimal System. Now, I lasted in that job... Oh, about a week. And they were good to me. And I had the job of maintaining the library, shutting down the machine, shelving books, doing whatever was required of me. Then that day came where I was fired. That was my first taste of being fired from a job. And it was not fun. It was depressing. But I will be honest, I came out stronger from it. So I go back and I landscape with Tony. Tony is the kind of guy that you never can get enough of. And I worked two and a half years with this man. And what was funny about him is he would tease me about weed roundup and say, oh, don't drink the weed roundup. It'll make you impotent. You won't be able to have babies. Well, tune that out. Tune that part out because I never drank weed roundup. It would kill me. He'd joke with me a lot, though. And some of the houses we did were massive. I knew a guy named Herb Cervantes. And Herb Cervantes was a home builder. And then there was Mike. Mike was a builder. These guys had connections, and they built a lot of homes, and we landscaped them and did plumbing. We did a lot of work on these things, and I remember doing yards by myself. Tony had other jobs to supervise and other things to do, so he'd leave me to run the show. One day, my first taste of management, I was the overseer of a bunch of Native Americans, and they were drinking a lot of beer. They, they were allowed to drink, and Tony had always told me, he said, I never want you drinking on the job. Yeah, because I'm 18 years old, 17 years old. I can't drink. Why would I drink? I'm not of age. 
But what was funny was I enjoyed being the overseer because these guys really worked hard. They were hustlers. I helped them shovel cobblestone and gravel. Cobblestone was the worst, but there was gravel. So we got all that shoveled, and it was about to rain, and they were telling jokes and stories and drinking their beer. Well, I had about five on that crew, and Tony said, go with your instinct and work with them and be a team player. That is the key to anything is being a team player in any job. It doesn't matter if you're a manager. It doesn't matter if you're the lowest of the low. It doesn't matter what you are. I learned from all these jobs, it's a team effort. Any job you're in is a team. Every job you work has to have team players. If you're not a team player, then you're never going to survive in any kind of job. And I've had a lot of jobs, and the lessons I learned was, be, was that I wasn't a team player all the time. I rarely was a team player. Tony taught me to be a team player, but I wasn't one in most of the jobs in later years. And Tony always taught me to take a sense of ownership. Whatever job I did, he taught me, you need to own it. You need to be the one that owns this. And that's where my early days started developing of working a job and owning it. In 2007, I had quit landscaping. I graduated high school. June 18, 2007, I said to Tony, I said, I'm going to school and I am resigning. I, I quit. And Tony was understandable. He understood. He was, he was fine with it. My cousin had worked for him. So he knew what it was like to move on to better, better prospects. In the fall of 2007, I got a job coaching basketball. I was an assistant coach and it was great fun. That was the first time I'd ever been a leader of a team. And that's where I learned the team effort, the team spirit. You know, you live as a team, you die as a team. The coach I coached with, Steve Farinelli, he always said, shoot the three, live by the three, die by the three. I had players that loved to shoot threes, and we had one guy who could nail the threes. He was impressive nailing three-pointers. And he was he, he became a top 25 point guard in the state. He was top dog. He, his dad was the administrator of the school I had gone to where I graduated from and where I coached. His dad had everything for him. Trainers, nutritionists. He was well-groomed player. And then he got in an accident and his basketball career ended. But when I coached, I have the shirt to this day that has the names of my players. And we had a blast. On the first day I entered into the gym, I was in jeans and boots. And Coach Farinelli says to them, he says, this is Coach Chris coach loose or coach you can use those three names you can't call him anything else and he's got the whistle so if i'm not here you do what he says and if he has the whistle and he blows it you better listen well that didn't go over well with the guys i'm 20 years old i'm fresh out of high school and they did not respect me well you know what i did i went ahead and one day we had an unruly practice they were belligerent they were mutinous they didn't like me and i said you know what i said I told Coach Farinelli, I'm going to run suicides with these guys. I'm going to prove that I can outrun all of them. And outrun them I did. By the end of it, I was huffing and puffing. But I ran suicides with them. And I outran them. I was faster and quicker than they were. And at the end of it, I hung with them. They said, this is Coach Chris. And after that, I earned their respect. I was Coach Chris. Even to this day, they call me Coach Chris. It was fabulous being respected like that and Cameron never really respected me I don't think he never really felt that I had it but you know I, I mean it, it is what it is 
Now, starting off coaching, we taught the fundamentals. We taught ball handling, footwork. Coach Farinelli even had these goggles he put on them where they couldn't see the ball, and they had to dribble up ahead. Remember, guys, a good point guard has to dribble up court and see the, be able to run the offense so he can get it off to the right guys and get the good look. We had a center, too, Jacques, and Jacques was a beast. He'd put it up there. I mean, we, Cameron would hand it off to the next guy, do a pick and roll, and then boom, it was it was done. We had a very, very good season that year. And the one downfall was we couldn't break the press, and we lost to a lot of teams, Albuquerque Homeschool and Calvary Christian. But we did do well in the greater, greater perspective of things. We did really good as a team. However, grades are a key, and we maintained grades. Our standard was very high for these boys. We had to have a grade point five a grade point five average that was decent. They had to work hard and show up to practice on time. And I remember one time the players got real belligerent with me before I earned their respect. And Guy McMurray, the six foot five uh, junior, said, "You listen to Coach Chris." He told Cameron, "You listen and do exactly as he tells you." He said, "Get your head out of your, you know what?" Well, Cameron didn't like that too much, but you know what? It is what it is. But I felt good about it because Guy respected me. And during that time, there was a lot going on. Many teams would forfeit because the Charter School League, Albuquerque Charter School League, was still young and it was growing. You know, but we all learned a lot from each other. And we learned that this league can grow. I saw a lot of good players and I coached a lot of good players. Three of them went on to different high schools. One went on to La Cueva. Uh, 6A school, one went on to El Dorado, which is another one, and then one went on to Sandia. And then, of course, the one that came from La Cueva, Aaron, he went on to play at New Mexico State. So these players, I think Southwest Secondary Learning Center was more of a developing ground for them to go to the 6A schools. However, that's where my business comes in. I want to get the players from the charter schools as much ex- as much exposure as anyone from the 6A and 5A and 3A and 2A and 1A schools, you get the picture. They should get exposure without having to transfer schools. Coaching is a lot of work, but it was rewarding. I will honestly say it was the most rewarding thing I ever did in my life. I loved it. It was so much fun. Nothing like a good game day. And I remember we traveled to Valencia County. We played Valencia Homeschool. We played all these schools. And I learned a lot from the coaches around me, and I learned a lot from the players. Sportsmanship is a big key. You got to be a good sport. You got to be a good winner and you got to be a good loser. And it was hard taking those losses, I'll tell you. I hated losing. It drove me up the wall. But losing is character building. Coach Farinelli, what taught us to always be class acts and to be good sports and to work hard and be a team player and never quit and to always do our business, you know? So. It was a good it was a good time for me. I, I really developed into a leadership role and I learned to earn respect. One of the things I learned about coaching is never make your guys do anything you're not willing to do. If you are not as good as they are, then don't make them do it. And what I mean by that is don't blow the whistle until you know what it's like to run suicides with them. Don't blow the whistle until you know how to dribble and ball handle and do the fundamentals of the game. And one of the things we did at warmups was we did our usual layups, but we did the three-man weave, which three players would line up in a line, and then they'd pass the ball and then make the layup. And then we did the tip drill. The tip drill was a good drill to do because 
they would tap it against the board and then they'd drop it in. Well, during that time, we had a very, very good season. I've got a shirt that I don't wear that, 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 that commemorates our season. Coaching is a mentality too, though. When you coach and when you're playing, you got to have a strong mentality, a good mindset. And you got to build that mindset. You got to build a mentality. You got to be disciplined. You got to work hard. You got to have good grades. You've got to have good character as well. Mentality is a big deal, and you got to be mentally tough because you're going to feel the burn of running down the court. You're going to feel the heat, and you're going to hurt at times. You're going to have bruises and welts. And my players would do layups a lot, right? So I, I would I had a thing of of nudging them in practice, bumping them around a bit, and they'd say, "Coach, why did you do that to us?" And I said, "Because I said in practice you're going to make layups. I said you better make them in a game." And after that. It was lights out. They did really well. And I remember the Albuquerque Charter School tournament came around. We had done really well. And then the tournament came around. And Dan Rosecrans, I coached with him, a very good coach, was the athletic director and the Albuquerque Homeschool girls coach. You know, it was a fun time. We went to the final round. We beat three teams. And then we were in the final round against Calvary Christian. That was tough. Calvary Christian had beaten Albuquerque Homeschool, and Albuquerque Homeschool was at the top of their game. They were one of the best in the business. So Albuquerque Homeschool was very good, but Calvary Christian had nudged them out, and I remember the competition. It was a competitive environment, and it was loud, and it was rowdy, and everybody was into it. Trust me, you don't think Albuquerque Homeschool and the Christian fan bases get into it, they do. They're as competitive as any other of the schools out there. And even Albuquerque Homeschool said they beat 3A schools in Texas, which I was like, did you really, or were you playing 2A? But besides all that and the argument, it is what it is. But Albuquerque Homeschool was very talented. We played Calvary Christian in the final, and at halftime it was 14-9. I remember that. And then after the 14-9 score, we had the press broke. Coach Farinelli had them beat. And then he said, we need to keep the intensity going at halftime in the locker room. So we were trying to keep the intensity going and trying not to get lazy because 14 to 9 is not much. Remember, in high school basketball, they play eight-minute periods, four quarters. So we were on a roll. Then uh, I got dicey from there. Cavalry Christian came out, and they changed their game up. My point guard, and I saw it myself, they were pulling on him. They were pulling on, on Cameron. They were tugging on his jersey, and he's trying to work down the court, and they were doing those subtle little things to get under his skin. They knew his weakness, and they exploited it. And that's another thing. Never let your opponent exploit your weakness. Well, Cameron, got they got the best of him. He started complaining to the ref. The ref says to him, the ref says, you need to go to your captain. You can't be coming to me. He got one technical. Well, he threw a fit complained again, hey, they're pulling on me, they're pulling on me, they're, they're messing me up. And after that, he got, he got in trouble. He got a second technical. And you know, folks, when you get two technicals, you're out of the game. You're done. You're history. You're toast. So Cameron storms off the court, rips his jersey off, and he's walking into the side soccer field. He's mad. I mean, he's madder than anyone I've ever seen, and he's hurt and humiliated. And Calvary Christian's kind of laughing about it. They think it's funny. You know, hey, we got under their top point guard skin. We got under their top player skin. Many teams have several good players. Cameron was exceptional. And in the Charter School League, there's all kinds of good players out there. 
that need exposure, and that's part of my game is to get them exposure. But Cameron is one of those ones that would get exposure. He was stellar. He could make 25 free throws in a row and not screw up. He was the best. Well, in this game, he had one downfall. It was his pride, and his ego got the better of him. So he, he, got, he got taken advantage of because of that. He, he's young, though. He's 16, 17. You know, but he got, he got exploited, and I felt bad for him. But I remember if you look at the video, I'm telling him, sit down. You're going to get us into more trouble. Calm down. He said, keep away from me. So I gave him a space. I was telling Coach Farinelli amidst the chaos. And Coach said, let him go, let him go. Coach wasn't really listening. He's trying to reorganize the guys because losing Cameron was demoralizing. A good coach builds his players up when they're demoralized. That's what a good coach does. Good coaches will always do that. So Cameron, he was done, and I felt really bad for the kid. But honestly, I knew we had to rebound and try and win this game. We ended up losing, and that was hard. The players hung their heads, but I said, and me and coach both said, hold your head high. You have nothing to be ashamed of. We got this far. But getting a second-place trophy is not the same as getting number one and being the champions. And ever since then, that school has never been to a championship round and won it. I believe they this year it was the semifinal. And it was tough, you know. It's always tough to lose, but we grow from losing and we make it a character-building session. After that, the season was over. I congratulated the players and I was I was finished. You know, I felt really bad saying goodbye to these players, but I was in college. I was doing a year of business management. I was in college, and that was when I began to work at Walmart. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this podcast. I hope everybody has an awesome day, and I hope to hear from all of your guys. I hope to hear some feedback. So let me know how I'm doing. Feel free to intervene. And I hope everyone has an awesome day. Once again, this is a 23 podcast series. I'm going to go through the list of my jobs I've, I've had and the experiences from them. And I hope everyone has an awesome day. Tune in for more interesting stuff about my life. And I'll let you know what I've learned and how I've been through things. I hope everyone has an awesome day. Stay healthy during this coronavirus. No one stress too much. This thing's going to vanish. And wash your hands, drink lots of water, and all around everybody, stay healthy. Until then, I will have another podcast for you later. This is Christopher Luce signing off. So long, everybody. Have a good day, good night, good week, and I will hear from you soon, and you will hear from me soon. All right. Bye.